Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Bobby Podcast. My name is Bobby Kazmaier, and for the last year and a half, I've been creating content on TikTok and through this podcast, navigating my experiences in ED recovery, what I've learned in recovery, um, how I've been able to overcome certain struggles with EDs and recovery, going through all my experiences, sharing them with you guys because I've found a true passion for helping and inspiring others going through similar struggles I was going through with food Um, and now using my experiences and learning from them to share that knowledge with others. And I want to reiterate the fact with this podcast, I am simply sharing my own experiences. I am not a licensed nutritionist. I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not an eating disorder recovery coach. I'm not certified, not licensed in anything. I'm simply sharing my own experiences through eating disorder recovery. Um, Through this last year and a half, I've been able to grow a following of over 200,000 people on TikTok, which to this day still blows my mind. Um, But like I said, I've been able to use my platform on TikTok to Um, help others, make others feel less alone um, if they're struggling with food or body image or anything along those lines. And it's truly been amazing. Um, And I love this podcast, especially because I love the fact that I'm able to express what I want to say in a longer form of content. Because there's only so much you can fit into a TikTok or an Instagram reel. Um, Being able to just sit with a microphone and just really be authentic for 30 minutes to an hour is amazing. Uh, it's really, it's, it's, it's truly great. It's awesome that I'm even able to do this. Um, so that being said, I really hope you enjoy the episode and thank you so much for listening. Today's guest on the Bobby podcast is Ellie Gervais. Ellie is a food freedom coach and certified intuitive eating counselor who guides her clients into ditching diet culture, healing binge eating, and overall making peace with food. Ellie has gained a following of over 47,000 on TikTok, sharing her most helpful practices and mindsets surrounding food, exercise, and body image. She courageously shares her story on this episode of her past dealing with disordered eating and exercise and how she was able to navigate out of it and use her experiences in an effort to now help other people. This was a great episode. It was a great conversation surrounding exercise, the mental battle with food and exercise, how to navigate it, how to get around it, how to make peace with food. This was a great episode. I really hope you enjoy listening to it. And I really appreciate Ellie joining me. She was such a pleasant and delight to talk to. She was so upbeat, so energetic, so inspired to to speak with. And it was a great episode. So I hope you guys enjoy listening to this one. We have Ellie here. Ellie, thank you so much for coming on to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you so much, Bobby. Hello. It's so wonderful to be here with you. I'm fantastic. I just got out of the ocean, so I'm always in the best mood, straight yeah. out of the ocean. And now I'm chatting with you, so it's even better. <laughs> Living that Costa Rica lifestyle. I, Living it. 
Oh that's crazy you live in Costa Rica. That taking that leap to move there, that's God, how is it there? It's awesome. Right now it's rainy season, but it's been pretty sunny this week actually, and the waves were really nice this morning. So I cannot complain. I love living here. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, it was actually a big transition, but I also felt very at home here and I I I don't know. I sort of made it homey pretty quickly. So it's That's been great. It's been really wonderful. Have you ever been? I'm trying to think. I I don't think so. I went on a Caribbean cruise a couple of years ago. I don't think we went to Ooh. Costa Rica. I think we went to Bermuda, Bermuda, San Juan in Puerto Rico, Haiti, and St. Martin. So yeah, we didn't go to Costa Rica. Oh, oh my gosh. That sounds yeah. awesome though. Yeah, Similar vibe. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so again thank you for coming on i i absolutely love your content um you post so many just amazing helpful things and you're a certified intuitive eating counselor correct that's that that's is correct cool. that's awesome um thank you and before we get into any of all that because i know there's a lot to dive into with all this good stuff i want to start off with a simple simple question okay what's your, what's your favorite food of all time oh my god wow that's tough okay of all time like my heart takes me to papaya and peanut butter right now because that's just like it's so it's so good but that's a new thing for me so I can't say all time you know I think of all time I'm torn here between cheesecake and this is so random but Persian food I could I could live off of Persian food it is my best friend is Persian and she introduced me to Persian food my freshman year of college and it just hits all the bases for me. It is so good. The flavors just, oh my gosh, they're, they're so harmonious. And the crispy rice, there's this thing called toddy. Uh, have you ever had it? Have you ever had Persian food? No, I haven't. I don't think so, no. If I've got to say, you've got to try this. <laughs> you need to try it. Um, yeah, there's this thing called toddy and it's like a crispy rice, but it's, it's, it's a jasmine rice, I'm pretty sure. I could be so wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's jasmine rice and they cook it. The bottom is like this crispy layer of rice and butter and you cr and then they flip it over. And so the top layer is super crispy and then you crack into it and it's like this buttery saffron rice and it, oh, it is so oh, good. That sounds and I only, it's like special because I only get it when I go to visit her because her, her family, they usually eat it on Friday and it's just, it reminds me of her. It reminds me of being with her family and it is so good. So yeah, Persian food or cheesecake? <laughs> <laughs> Two different sides of the spectrum, but you know, rocking with it. What's your, what's your favorite kind of cheesecake though? Uh, I'm a classic cheesecake. It's all about the graham cracker crust for me. Hmm. So if I can get something with graham cracker on top of it as well, I'm a classic cheesecake girl. How about you? My favorite food of all time? yeah definitely well it's tough because my favorite food is oatmeal like but with peanut butter banana cinnamon but like that's like right. different foods technically like it's oatmeal right. peanut butter banana but like it's technically one food you know what I mean yes technically. It's, it's, it, you because it's not there's not one without the other you know it's like they're they're a package deal right like I'm not gonna eat just oats like I can't do that no. I have to have it this certain way exactly <laughs> so, and I eat it every day and like, I look forward to it so yeah I'd, I'd say oatmeal but okay actually this is also random too i'd say oatmeal's up there uh frozen mango just 
God. For, and frozen fruit in general frozen grapes so good oh, so good <laughs> um, bobby you would freak out at the mango here you would love i would oh, literally I, I wish i could ship you a mango i know it's probably a lot better than the store-bought freezer section mango i buy but hey those are good no those do have a trick <laughs> i know that they're delicious i know but <laughs> I, love, uh, I love all that good stuff awesome okay, cheesecake. what's that Persian food or cheesecake? That's excellent. I love that. Oh, it's so good. And there's a really good cheesecake here that just is so delicious. So I'm really blessed, but with, with cheesecake here in Costa Rica. Not Persian food, but that's okay. <laughs> are, you, are you a big dessert person in general or is it just? Yes, I have a, I love sweets. I'm having a dessert once a day, whether it's after lunch or after dinner. Dessert is desserts for me you know <laughs> it's, it's sweet three o'clock season you know it's exactly sweet, 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 exactly Enjoy. <laughs> awesome. all right let's dive into the good stuff all righty so, ellie how how did you get here how did you get to the point of you know you go through this really long journey you said what six seven years you went through yeah. struggles like mm-hmm. this and unfortunately you're not the only person who's gone through something like this but how did you get to a point where you flipped a switch and now you're at a point where you can help other people you're a certified intuitive eating counselor how did you get here what's your story Whew. okay well how did i get here how did i get here <laughs> no so i guess i guess for me it all it you know what it sounds like a slow progression but it happened really quickly for me um especially in comparison to how long I struggled um yeah so I struggled with with disordered eating and eating disorders for about seven years maybe a little longer I don't I don't really know exactly when it began but there was like a very distinct period of my life where I just struggled so much with food and um, with binge eating and restriction and just coping in really unhealthy ways with food, trying to overcorrect in really unhealthy um, and extreme ways. And so I lived in that cycle for like seven years. And then I would like to say that the switch for me was when my dad passed away, but it wasn't. I thought that that was going to like be some sort of a wake up call for me. And I remember thinking like, I have to do something different. I have to like, it really put life into perspective for me when my dad passed away. And I remember thinking like, you know, I'm going to try to, to heal my relationship with food. Um, And at this point, I don't really know where, where to bring this up, but I was abusing um, Adderall a lot to suppress my appetite, to not eat as one of my forms of overcorrection. I would take Adderall and that's like sort of a whole nother story within itself, but it was extremely intertwined with my relationship with food. And it also perpetuated binge eating for me because Adderall is an appetite suppressant and, um, because of that, you, you are well aware of, you know, restriction leads to binging typically. So that really, um, launched me into deeper struggles with binge eating. And then when my dad died, I remember feeling so numb to everything and Adderall also like contributed to this like numb feeling. And I remember like one of my, uh, I had like a grief counselor and he was just like, look, you either feel this now or you feel it 10 years from now, you can't bypass grief. And so I remember just thinking like, 
okay, I need to feel what this feels like. And I know that I was numbing with food, with Adderall, with all these other things. And so one summer I just decided, all right, I'm going to stop taking Adderall. I'm just going to quit. And I thought that that would help my relationship with food. And it did in a way that regulated my appetite in a, in a more normal way. But um, there was a lot there. My, my relationship with food is pretty deep. Um, and so that helped. So I'd say that's sort of when my journey to healing began. Um, but I definitely like relapsed and came back to um, disordered eating and, you know, dieted again and tried all of these other things. And I sort of dabbled in and out instead of fully being in it. I was sort of like dabbling. It would kind of like depend on the month or the season of my life. And then um, I think it was 2019. Yeah, I was really just like on the ground of my closet, bawling my eyes out. I, I would get like panic attacks from how angry I would be with myself after binge eating. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced this like extreme anger with yourself. Right, you just, you just pissy yourself, like <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And you're just like, why do I do this to myself? Like, why can't I stop? You feel so fundamentally flawed. And I remember just it, like the anger was insufferable. I was so, so mad at myself. And this was maybe like the third time that this like extreme anger and sadness and frustration like was physically like, a, it was like a visceral reaction. And I was just like on the ground with my closet crying and like calling my mom just like in a puddle. But at this point, nobody knew about my struggles with food. I just sort of like beat around the bush. And I was just like, I just feel out of control with my life. I would never really specify that it was food. Um, but that was the turning point for me where I was like, I will do anything to get out of this, even if it means eating normally, like not restricting anymore, blah, blah, blah. So I started to, um, and I don't know if like there was a time for you where you would try to Google like your symptoms of yes. binging okay and there's like no results for that <laughs> yeah no I yeah there's not like I, I looked up well because what happened to me is I like mine was opposite because I looked up symptoms of like anorexia or like or why I was so fatigued when I was running so I didn't know anything so I looked up those and yeah with mm-hmm. binge, you're right with binging there's nothing there's it's nothing like you just oh you eat a lot it's like dude no like that's not it there's there's like no resources like and I didn't know where else to look like at this point TikTok was a thing or I didn't have to maybe it was a thing but I didn't have TikTok TikTok is like uh almost a resource for people in a way now that that like I didn't feel like I really had then so I feel like I just had Google I didn't use Instagram for to look up binge eating either it just it was I no one had ever talked about it I'd never heard of it I didn't even know a name for it um but I remember Googling it and like trying to to do anything and I, I didn't really find any answers to specifically help with my binging, but I did sort of just think like, okay, I'm going to try to deepen like who I am and like focus more in on my values and my spirituality and like kind of, I, I sort of dove first or head first into like spirituality, which is so random and, and feels like completely unrelated. That sort of helped me attach my purpose and identity to something else 
which really facilitated healing my relationship with food. So I sort of started to, you know, practice more self-care in that way. And I stopped like working out in such extreme ways and sort of just like, you know, was, I, I was just dipping my feet into spirituality and into, um, all of that. And then my sister, she produces a podcast, um, of her own actually. And she, I used to produce it. So I used to be like her podcast producer. And one day she interviewed Jesse Jean. Do you know who Jesse is? Yes. I am. I, I, yeah. I love, I love Jesse. You gotta get Jesse on this podcast. I actually Jessie's already have. The best person I, ever. You I already have-, have. Yeah. If you scroll down my episode, she's on there. <laughs> No way! Oh my god, I'm gonna go listen to that after this. I've listened to a few of your episodes, but I did not see Jesse. Yeah. I love that woman. I love Jesse. So yeah, Jesse was on the podcast, and I because I had to listen to every podcast. So I just like, yeah. you know, obviously was listening to this one, and I was like, I have never felt so heard in my entire life. Like this woman is explaining exactly what I went through, what I've been going through. So I listened to Jessie's story and she had, and I looked, I I found her on Instagram. I found resources that she had. I started to like really learn like, oh my God, I'm not the only one who struggles with binge eating, who is in this constant binge restrict cycle from there. And and I'd also, I had also listened to the podcast Brain Over Binge. I don't know if you've ever listened to Brain Over Binge. I have. Yes, I have heard of Brain Over Binge. Mm -hmm. Who does that? I forget who's that with. Okay, one of them is named Cookie. I just remember her name is Cookie. It's like Cookie and but she's not the main person. I, I can't remember her name. Um, but so I listened to that. I listened to to Jesse, and like finally, I was like, oh my god, I like feel heard. I feel so heard. Um, so I, you know, listened to them for a while. Finally, I I was like, I want to work with Jesse, and so I started working with Jesse amazing love 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 everything about her loved working with her she helped me so much in my journey I also worked and I'm extremely privileged and and so grateful to have had the ability to work with her alongside other support to heal my relationship with food that's something that I am eternally grateful for to have the opportunity and, and the privilege to be able to work with her and and two other women who really helped me heal my relationship with food so um, yes, I worked with Jesse, and then two other women. One was um, she basically just works through like body image and and reconnecting with your body. It's called her program is called Rediscovering um, My Body. Her name is Tara Galliano. Highly recommend. She's amazing. Um, and then I did uh, one other program, and I'm blanking on the name, but that's beside the point. Basically, I just like dove headfirst into learning about all of this and through them I learned about intuitive eating so that's a really long-winded way of saying that is how I found out about intuitive eating and really just like worked on healing my relationship with food um and it really happened quickly for me I'm really grateful that like things just started clicking I stopped binging pretty quickly because I think I just like had a lot of different like spiritual support and then emotional support and then I just was like this is what I'm doing like I I cannot I'm committing to this this is there's no other option for me except for this um and I like made that I fixated that in my head I was like 
I'm, I'm done being obsessed. If I'm going to be obsessed with anything, let it be become like, I want to be obsessed with healing this. Um, because I think that there is a little bit of like an obsession with food and, and not a little bit, it was a major obsession with food. So I tried to shift that obsession elsewhere. And so I'm really grateful that, um, I was able to heal relatively quickly and then I just got really into intuitive eating started spreading that and um, applied to work um, under Evelyn Triboli she she trains people to become counselors and so I read all of her discourse and uh, literature and went through the certification process and became a certified intuitive eating counselor to help other people to help other people get out of that absolute hellhole that I was in. <laughs> Incredible. Thank you so much. Amazing. <laughs> it's a uh, long one. <laughs> I always love to like, I always love to hear how people get to intuitive eating, like like what their process was of just getting it. Like you said, it just clicks one day. It just right. clicks. It really does. And and I think you get to this point where once you like, I call it like, once you break up with diet culture, once you like really see diet culture as like this X that is like, you're like grossed out by, you're like, I, how, how did I ever, what? Yeah. <laughs> it becomes so much easier to really embrace and implement like all of the natural mechanisms that we have as humans to eat and just like flow and like let life and food be so much easier than we than we are making it mm -hmm. and it really just starts to click and it's so beautiful and I love to watch people click with intuitive eating it's the best thing ever <laughs> that's gotta be an amazing feeling like because I'm sure like with your clients they just when it clicks they tell you they're so excited and like it's uh it's the best feeling in the world because I remember how liberating it was and it's just yeah. like, uh, exactly. yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like when I get comments from people saying, oh, I'm like five days binge free or like it, it's like, or like I ate a slice of pizza today. It's like, man, like it's, I love that. I love to hear that shit because like, right. I remember exactly what that's like. Right. How did you find intuitive eating? I think, see, it's tough because like I, my recovery process was interesting because I didn't really know about intuitive eating. I was kind of like, in a sense, not fully recovered by the time I found out about it. I found out about it through, what's it, uh, Brittany Lancaster. I'm sure you know who she is, right? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Because yes. like, uh -huh. through TikTok, the whole like quarantine <laughs> period is like when mm -hmm. like, I like classics, like I downloaded TikTok around then like February 2020. And like, of course, okay. the, the algorithm just somehow knew I was like dealing with this shit. So <laughs> I didn't even like look up anything. I just got videos like that. And then she came up, she started talking about intuitive eating. So I looked into it. Um, yeah, like, like listening to your body and like not, or like not, uh, eliminating certain foods and everything, like mm -hmm. everything about it. I learned more about it. And I was like, wow, this is like, could actually work, you know, listening to your hunger cues, your fullness cues. Like, cause that was one of the things I struggled with a lot was struggling, struggling with fullness cues. Hunger part, I got down, but the, the fullness, right. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, hunger fried, I'm in touch with it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but uh just being introduced to that and just yeah, then hearing more and more about it and looking into it. And uh yeah, so I, I always I love to hear how everyone gets into intuitive eating because um it's great. Nothing's it off limits. It's becoming so much more popular too. It's yeah. really gaining traction. Yeah, and I think I want to get your thoughts on this too, because I think it made you kind of realize at least for me, it made me realize that 
food is not our entire life. It's just a part of our lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It makes you think like, I, for me, it, it truly like allowed me to regain the feeling or just like reignite the feeling of like when you're a child, food is the last, like you don't, I don't remember having like thoughts around food. You know what I mean? You just, you play, you do stuff. Like you don't even have a thought about food until your body is like maybe your hunger signal is knocking or you're maybe around really good food. And it's normal to be thinking about food. And that has been the most freeing and liberating feeling to feel like I'm eight years old again, just like out doing my life, living, not thinking about food or what I'm going to eat next or why I shouldn't be eating this or why I should be eating this or feeling guilty or shameful like it because, and you know, I'm sure you know exactly how this feels. And a lot of the people who listen to your podcast probably feel similarly is it can completely dismantle your life and it can just it it has like a monopoly over your thought process and it's absolutely exhausting to constantly think about food and you don't even realize it until you stop thinking about food how much mental freedom comes with with like (laughs) healing that and and learning how to eat intuitively and not restricting it's quite literally the best thing ever (laughs) it is and it's it's because like because everyone's born to eat intuitively, but yeah. something along the way just interrupts it, whatever that is, uh, whatever moment it is, it, it, it interrupts that pattern. And then that's where you get screwed over. Um, so exactly. yeah, so being able to, to rekindle that feeling yeah. of hunger cues, fullness cues, being able to eat intuitively, because like, that's how humans are wired. And I yeah. remember I used to be so like, just astonished whenever someone I knew like just wouldn't think about food all the time and like they would just eat and I, I I was it felt like a foreign language or a foreign concept I was just like what is this like <laughs> oh yeah I thought people were lying I was like yeah. nobody had a good relationship with food everyone's we're all under this because I hit it so well but I was yeah. like we're all struggling right <laughs> it's like wait wait you can just like leave two bites on your plate and not finish it like you can do that like no way like, uh, you know right Oh my gosh. I know. And it's interesting what you said, um, how, you know, we're all born to be intuitive eaters. We are, we, we truly are. And it's, um, there's a lot of things that disrupt that and it can be, you know, um, our conditioning, the way that our parents, um, behaved around food or taught us how to behave around food. Dieting is a huge intuitive eating disruptor. So there's like a bunch of things that can disrupt that process. And um, it can be super helpful to understand what those disruptors are so people can identify, oh, that's probably what's causing me to to not feel in touch with my hunger, my fullness, my satiety. Satiety is a huge one to be able to be in touch with your satiety is key. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting, it's an intricate thing and a very unique to, to each individual. hundred percent. And I think obviously, you know, you mentioned diet culture and dieting is one of the main culprits of disrupting Mm -hmm. that pattern of eating intuitively. And I watched one of your TikToks over the day, how, or a couple weeks ago, I think you posted one, how diet culture, it got you to a point where you weren't even allowed to eat fruit. Oh my gosh. So I want to ask you how detrimental do you think diet culture can be in the long-term and short-term? How, how far 
can diet culture push someone to go to certain limits with food? Because like, like you said, like it couldn't allow you to eat fruit. And that's just like, what? Like, cause, and I get it because it's, I thought the same thing at times. I was like, oh, fruit has too much sugar, but like, mm-hmm. no, it's natural sugar. We need that for a body. So like, how far do you think diet culture can push people? Mm, that is such a good question. I think it can push people past the point of, you know, past the point where they even think that they would ever go. Like for me personally, I, I can look back and see who I was. And it's like, I don't even see myself in the person that I was when I was so just immersed in diet culture. I think that it's extremely dangerous. Also, there's a multi-billion dollar industry. So the way that they can manipulate and market and, you know, there's just so many things that can that can influence the way somebody thinks about food and it's extremely dangerous to you know have impressionable minds be looking at such harmful discourse around food and body especially you know if somebody's already struggling with thoughts of their body and then they see something that promises them something better a better body a better whatever it is, lose this amount of weight, look great, feel like this, blah, blah, blah. Like people are wanting an answer because I understand what it feels like to be uncomfortable in your body. I understand what it feels like to want to feel like you're fixing something and like you're working towards something. So when this, you know, multi-billion dollar industry knows exactly how to sell something to somebody who is already like, has this pain point in their life, um, and then they buy into something like a diet or something that is promising this, this better life. And there's no, you know, um, there's no, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, there's no warning of like, oh, and also this might not work for you or Mm -hmm. actually dieting has a 95% failure rate. Or, you know, dieting can also lead to eating disorders or disordered eating. So there's all of this, you know, there's all of these symptoms that can come from dieting, but nobody really knows about that. And so they buy into it, they do it, they think, you know, okay, this is my chance. And then they fail because, or, or, you know, 95% of the time people will fail you can't live the rest of your life without eating a carb. You can't live the rest of your life without enjoying a sweet. And what diet culture does is they make you feel wrong for doing that. And when somebody feels like they have failed, like they have done wrong, you know, not only are they, you know, feeling shame, they're feeling guilt. They also feel like it is their fault that they are the ones who are fundamentally flawed and it's not the diet, it's them. And that can lead to a whole, you know, that can lead to a multitude of things. And what typically happens is it leads to starting the diet over, starting a different diet over. And it becomes just, just this, vis- this vicious, vicious cycle um, that can be extremely hard to escape, especially when after the diet, there's typically a weight gain rebound. Um, and that fear, you know, that discomfort with their body or their discomfort with whatever it is in their life is still existing. And, you know, they feel like their only resort is to go back to another diet because maybe they had success for the first two weeks or a month or whatever it was. 
So it's almost like you can't really get out of it. And that is extremely harmful. That can lead people down really um, disordered paths. And it's just life taking and energy taking. And I think that, yeah, it's, it's really um, a harmful thing that I would never wish upon anybody. And it's sad that it is not more well known how, how impactful and um, yeah, disruptive that is to somebody's life. What do you think? No, you're, absolutely, <laughs> you're absolutely right. And like, even, you know, you mentioned with failure, like if you fail a diet and you have that weight gain rebound, um, I guess fail a diet, um, <laughs> and you yeah. that weight gain, it's tough to like, you fail, you're not like a failure. I don't know. You have to like, and, and you have that weight gain rebound. That's like the last thing you want to see is weight gain. So then in turn, mm-hmm. you see that weight gain, you push even further, you overexercise. It's, it's, so it's like this constant, it's, it's a cycle. And it's also like a triad. Like you have the under eating, you have, which leads to the weight gain, potentially emotional overeating as a result, or you also have the overexercising aspect in order to compensate for that natural weight gain rebound that occurs after a failed diet. Um, there's, there's just so much that goes into it. And there's, and you're right. Like they don't tell you that because they want to make their money, um, right. which is right. horrible. Um, right. It, it, it's it's like one of those things I feel like diet culture big tobacco <laughs> big alcohol like yeah. why don't we know more about how harmful these things are and it, it's just yeah I, I don't know how they are continuing to do what they do but I think it's really amazing that more people are talking about like let's stop doing that you know I mean really I've never seen so much discourse and content and resources about getting out of that and maybe that could be because I am part of this world and I the algorithm is crazy and knows but I I, like also maybe you don't know either but I I think that it's happening (laughs) more I know I agree I think yeah I think there's more there's more people than ever going out there openly talking about it debunking diet culture myths which is necessary but there's still that huge portion of people that will just live and die by diet culture and discipline and willpower and um, everything that's just only going to work in the short term and that's not going to truly make you happy in it. Um, but it, you know, it's it's tough because diet culture it can be so convincing. Uh, you know, lose ten pounds in ten days, and it's just oh. you know the amount of magazines I saw of those growing up, like like whether it be in the supermarket, whatever. I see those all the time. Um, I remember watching like the biggest loser when I was younger and like seeing you know, they lose, you know, 150 pounds in three months. And like, it's just, ugh. there was even, there was a show, there was the biggest loser. There was fat camp. Like why are there shows about this? It's, it's so, just, it's it, so messed up. It's a way to exploit them. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it really is. yeah. So oh. fuck diet culture. <laughs> fuck diet culture. <laughs> I stand by that. Might be the title of this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck uh, dying culture with Ellie Gervais. Saying a lot by saying so little. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but um, I want to I want to talk to you about exercise, and I want to mm. know how your current relationship with exercise is different from what it used to be. Because I I know you struggled with compensating with exercise over exercising so I have as well 
Um, and I want to know just your key differences and how you exercise now versus how you did when you were struggling. Mm, I love this question. I love this question so much. Um, yeah. Oh God. Oh my goodness. It's crazy to think um, how many hours I used to spend in the gym. Miserable, miserable, um, counting down every minute. And here's the thing that I've really like learned about myself personally. And I always try to help my clients find their own thing. You know, um, I think that when I finally stopped forcing myself to do something that I don't want to do, it gave me so much more just like motivation to actually to move my body in a way that feels good. Like for instance, I, I surf now. That's pretty much all I do. I don't really go to the gym. That's not to say that sometimes I don't like to go to the gym. You know, I think that there is a time and place and I think the gym is super supportive for a lot of people. But for me personally, it's not my favorite. It's not, it's not uh, something that really lights me up that often. And um, or I should say it's not something that like brings me a lot of energy consistently. For me, it feels like it's a little bit more energy taking in this season of my life. You know, there have been seasons where that's been different, but right now I just love to surf and it is so much fun. And I think that I love it so much. And I think that my relationship with exercise has evolved so much um, after, you know, learning how to surf is because I'm just there. I I'm there for, you know, 30 reasons before because it's exercise or because I'm burning calories. In fact, that's not a reason why I'm out there. And there because quite literally it's the most humbling thing I've ever done is surfing. It's <laughs> you just, no matter how good you are, you're still going to fall. Um, it's I, like, I feel so um, connected to the earth. I feel powerful. I feel happy and I feel um, just connected to something that I've never really felt before. It's just something that provides so much energy to my soul and, and I genuinely enjoy being there. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a place where I can go and I don't look at the time. Time is flying by. In fact, the only time I'm looking at it, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm 15 minutes late right now or I'm, I'm, I've got to go, you know? So for me, like finding that place, finding a thing, which I never thought that a form of exercise could be something that I'm just genuinely stoked about because again I always thought like oh we are, we're all lying that we like the gym right like <laughs> nobody actually likes to run right but no of course there's people who love to run there's people who love weightlifting but it wasn't for me and I just had to find my own thing that I genuinely enjoyed where time didn't exist where I could just immerse myself into it and, and be there because I wanted to get better because I wanted to um, feel the feeling of getting out of water and starting my day like that is something that I chase and, and enjoy and I think that you have to find that you have to find that thing and it, maybe it's not like a strenuous exercise I think people can really get myself included I, I was so caught up in this oh, well, I, I can't do, let's say, you know, Zumba. That's not, that's not enough. Or I can't just um, do yoga. That's not enough. It is, it is enough. Like whatever it is that you enjoy is enough because that's the thing that is going to keep you 
moving in such like a holistic way, right? Like when we are moving, it is medicine to the body, into the mind, into the soul, as long as we're in alignment with like why we're there, right? And and if we're really seeing it as something bigger than just, I'm here to burn calories, I'm here to burn off the last meal that I had, which is the mindset that I had for years and years. And when I, when I had that mindset, you know, working out was a punishment, running was a punishment. And my God, that does not give you energy. That is so life-taking and just not fun. And it's just like, we already have to do things. We already have responsibilities in our life, right? We already have to go to work and, and maybe do chores and clean your house. Like, why are we adding one more thing to our day that genuinely doesn't light us up that doesn't ignite joy so really letting go of like the expectation of what exercise has to look like helps me like it helped open up this world of like what movement can really look like for me just so happens to be something that you know is surfing and very specific to a place where you live and I'm really grateful to be able to to surf and and be in a place with an ocean I also love to ski when I'm in the mountains and again these things are um you know that I'm very very privileged to be able to do these things um and there are things you know like walking and hiking I love doing that as well so I've just like found these things that I genuinely feel at peace with and like my like my soul is meant to be doing them and I'm really grateful to have this relationship with movement now because it was not like that for a very, very long time. Um, but I always try to help my clients find and like pinpoint like what is it for you that we can do to like to find your your little like zone of happiness or your your little like where where are your waves? You know what I mean? Like what is your version of, of the ocean for you? And maybe that is the real ocean for them as well. But yeah, letting go of the expectation of what movement has to look like helped me so, so much. Um, yeah. Wow. Where are your waves? I, I love that. I, that <laughs> where are your waves? <laughs> I like that. I, I love that so much. Uh, where are your waves, Bobby? Tell me. I, <laughs> I have two waves. My waves are in, uh, I'm, I'm a huge CrossFit guy. I'm a CrossFit athlete. I hate saying like that, but I love, I love going, I love training, weight training, high intensity interval trainings. I love those. And I love basketball. Um, whether I'm by myself shooting around by myself or I'm playing with my friends, it's like, just, it's a release, get that endorphin release. You feel so good. It's like, um, and having that mindset or switching the mindset from, I have to work out to, I get to work out. Like you have the privilege to do this. And cause not everyone gets to, whether it be physical disability, right. mental disability, like not everyone has the opportunity to do that. Um, right. And it, you're right. It, it is a privilege to be able to do that. So we should be able to enjoy it and not stress about it, not feel the need to go because we're burning off our last meal or um, to burn extra calories. Like that's not that's not the point. That's not that's not why we exercise. We exercise to have fun, to feel good, not to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love it. Oh gosh, that's amazing. I knew you liked basketball. I've seen you and your TikToks yeah. playing basketball. It, it looks so fun to be good at basketball. I yeah. am so incredibly bad at basketball um but if I could shoot some hoops <laughs> I'm sure that sounds I'm sure it's a blast it's all right I can't I can't surf save I can't even boogie board so I can't 
Maybe one day you'll have to come to Costa Rica and we can serve. That. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. We can do the white water. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm not, never being the biggest ocean guy. I mean, it's tough. I am, but I'm not. It's cold, you know? I don't know how the water is down there, but in the, in the Northeast, it's cold. Uh, it's so cold in the, on the East Coast. It's warm here. It's like bath water here. Oh, see, I would love it then. Because, mm-hmm. you know, up here, it's full of seaweed. It's like, just yeah. Like, you know? The ocean's dark on the East Coast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um so never, never been the biggest ocean beach guy but i mean yeah if i live in costa rica i mean hell yeah i'd probably love it so <laughs> um that's amazing ellie um i just want to wrap up with some with some rapid fire quick questions for you um, rapid all right. fire do it all right so you're a breakfast person a lunch person or a dinner person oh breakfast hands down yeah what's your favorite breakfast um right now oof it's tied between like a typical Costa Rican gallo pinto. We've got gallo pinto, eggs, um, sweet plantains, avocado, and there's like a little bit of queso on there as well. So Ooh. good. Or papaya and peanut butter with yogurt. Yeah. I do like a papaya bowl. I love that. But breakfast has always been my thing. Yeah. Ooh. So wait, what does the papaya taste like? Okay, that is going to be a controversial question. If you ask me, I think it tastes like it's like a little bit of melon. It's like a tropical melon. But the first time that I tried it, I will not lie. It tasted, it it can really have an essence of like vomit. Like it's so weird. I know that sounds so weird, but it's almost like an acquired taste. The first time I tried it, I was like, what is this? No, yuck. Then I tried it with peanut butter and it, somehow changed the entire flavor for me and now I love papaya alone but I know people who are like this is the worst how can you eat this oh, but then other people are like oh papaya is my favorite fruit one of the most controversial fruits I'd say wow so you gotta get your hands not, on one Bobby I, I might have to I might have to <laughs> and, uh, what about plantains because like they're in like the banana family right they are in the banana family they are they're a versatile group the banana family oh I bet <laughs> You can, you can eat them ripe or you can eat them um unripened and you can like turn them into like fried chips so good Ooh, wow! really good stuff okay love that <laughs> all right um let's see you're out to eat at a restaurant what's your what's your first appetizer of choice Oof! what restaurant are we at hmm you pick okay. <laughs> your favorite restaurant what, what appetizer are you picking Okay, let's say we're at a sushi restaurant. Oh, I love sushi. I'm getting, ooh, I think I'm getting a pot sticker. What's that? I'm getting a pot sticker. Like, you know, like gyoza? I have no pot idea what you're talking about. What? You've yeah. never had pot stickers? No, what is it? Do you have a Trader Joe's near you? Not near me, no. But like, I know, yeah, I, got, I know Trader Joe's, yeah. Okay, you, I know that they have good good pot stickers there. It's like this, it's like, oh my gosh, how do you describe a pot sticker? It looks like an empanada. Okay, okay. But it's like an Asian empanada. The, the dough is completely different and it's stuffed with meat or veggie, um, but it's so good. It's actually, I'm pretty sure gyoza is Japanese. And well, yeah, we're at a sushi restaurant, so it's a Japanese, it's a Japanese dish. so good highly recommend all right what about you what's your go-to appetizer i'm curious nachos easily no olives though no olives no 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 olives 
Um, can't. That's the one food I hate. I'll eat really? any food, just I can't do olives. They ruin nachos. They ruin pizza. They ruin pasta. Yeah, they're not great. I can't do it. They're not great. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, is there any food you hate? Um, I'm not a huge fan of mayonnaise. I really just I don't like the flavor of it. Um, that's it. I'm really, really flexible. Don't love mayo though. That's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I I get that one. I get that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm not a big cilantro girly, but that's been changed. Yeah. That's shifting. Okay. So. Did, mm-hmm. Wait, does cilantro taste like soap to you? It's like, it doesn't taste like soap, but it doesn't taste right. I just know that that's not what everyone's tasting. There's okay. no way people are tasting that and enjoying it. But I've like, I've really been trying to push it. You know what I mean? Do yeah. you, you like cilantro or are you so? I don't mind it. I don't, I don't, I don't really taste the soap that much, but I know people who do and like they can't stand it. And yeah. Yeah. It, no, it's one way or the other. We have taste buds work. I don't know. It's just I know. I'm really trying to develop mine differently. I'm like, let's go for the cilantro. It's in everything, you know? So I'm trying. Get the repetitions <laughs> in, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, Ellie, thank you so much. This was Bobby. Conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is so awesome. I'm, I'm so happy you have this podcast. You're doing so many amazing things for the world by just talking and being you and making your videos. Like such a pleasure to know you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bobby podcast. If you found this episode relatable, if you resonated with it in any way, if it made you feel less alone, that's truly amazing. That's incredible. Um, because that's the goal of this podcast. I really want to make and help others feel less alone, whatever they're going through, because this, this stuff is tough, you know, like ED recovery is tough and I never want anyone to feel alone in this. Cause I know there were times I felt alone. So, um, I never want anyone to feel alone. So if you, um, found this episode enjoyable, make sure to subscribe to this podcast, check out my TikToks. Um, I will leave all those links in the description. I really appreciate you listening. You're all the best. Have a great rest of your day.